Today's podcast brought to you by Super Trooper. Ask for it by name. Only $14 a can. Welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 11. Uh, I'm Jordan Merrick, and it's a great pleasure to be here as always. And as you could probably tell, it's a a bit of a funny episode coming up. Um, Probably the funniest episode we've had in the series so far. Uh, Before I get into that, though, I just want to say a really big shout out to everybody who's reached out in the last week about the podcast. Um, You know, it's it's so amazing to have someone from you know WA, someone from Sydney, someone from Melbourne to to reach out just out of the blue to say that they they've really loved the podcast and they've loved hearing Queensland artists' stories, and that for me just you know, it brings such a smile to my face knowing that people are connecting with with what we're doing and connecting with the people in our community because we've got such an amazing community to have the opportunity to to bring people's stories to interstate and hopefully the world, you know, it's exactly why I'm doing this. So thank you so much to everybody showing the podcast some love and support. Keep doing it. Please keep sharing it on social media through, you know, send it to your friends. If you know any artists that you'd love to hear on the show as well, please tell them to reach out. You know, it's an open door policy. I want every single artist I can get on this show. And I've got some great ones lined up too. So thanks again, guys. Um, but on to this week's guest. So whether to call him Ben or Machine, I don't know. You'll have to find out. Uh, Machine is such an interesting character. He's come from, you know, all the way from Canada to Australia, um, born in Israel. You know, his story is so different to anybody we've had on the podcast. And he talks a lot about his life, his, you know, his journey in music, which one thing I, I loved about it was that everything life put in his way every challenge every you know blessing and curse everything that came his way that stopped him from doing music it always found its way back to him and and i really love the way he's connected through music and now uh at his the stage of his career that he's really ignited and he's gotten back into it in full force and i think that's the power of music and uh, as a musician myself i don't think i could ever not want to do music and Sometimes I've had periods in my own life where I haven't played much, I haven't done much writing, and then it always comes back. You know, it always eventually finds you if you don't find it. And, um, you know, Machine Story is so unique like that. So, look, without further ado, please sit back and enjoy the chat between myself and Ben Machine. So how is... How was 2020 for you? How, how did you how did you get around the year that was? What year are we in now? 2022. Is it? 21 now. <laughs> Where are we? We're middle middle 21. 2020. That's right. Yeah. So shit started going down. Uh, I was in Canada in March. I was on a snowboarding trip, and in December January. Um, so like, yeah, 2019 slash 20, I'd gone on a, a big, um, like a, a, a cruise, mm. um, Royal Caribbean cruise on like the biggest cruise ship in the world for my mum's 70th. 
So we, the whole family went on this cruise and then we went on skiing and stuff in Canada. It was great. And then COVID started, you know, March and I, I went back to Canada to the West Coast and I, I did a, like a 10 day um, snowboarding trip at three different resorts mm. and like COVID was like hot on our tails yeah, and creeping up and getting bigger and bigger and like within days of being at each resort they shut down there's unlike anything I ever mm. saw you know you see on TV okay the NBA stopped there's yeah no NBA, and you're like okay now we know things are serious this is crazy um and yeah and then and then I didn't know if I'd be able to get back home, but I did. And in mid-flight, they changed the rules. They said, okay, now if you're coming back from anywhere, you know, first Canada was safe. Um, and I wouldn't have had to quarantine, but mid-flight. <laughs> so seven hours earlier, if I'd landed, I would be cool. But no, I landed and uh, the rules had changed. And you get off the flight and like there's all these people there. And they're handing you a piece of paper and you have to sign it. And they're saying, you're going to go home and you're going to quarantine for 14 days um, meanwhile I had a, 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 um, torn my biceps tendon mm. um, snowboarding um, I didn't know that that's what I'd done but I had to wait you know two weeks to get an MRI and then I got an MRI and it says yep it's torn you need surgery mm. and so a week later I was in surgery getting that fixed and um, yeah it's crazy but yeah in hindsight like I was so lucky I got to do that trip and yeah. see my friends and go snowboarding and then a few months before that I was able to go on this cruise and hang out with family um, and then yeah the worst thing was I didn't get COVID but I had a, a biceps torn biceps tendon I was laughing yeah yeah but then um, yeah you know downturn in, in sort of money employment income business and stuff um, the government has helped us so much yeah with the handouts like no one no one starved no one went poor nobody mm. didn't have anything to eat yeah um so it's kind of cool but like covid coincided with a, a midlife crisis that i was having mm. since 2019 um so yeah it's just it was very very strange very strange and it feels like now it feels like everything it's all over yeah like it's gone like it's in the past like um it's weird you go to Bunnings now and they haven't they know you don't have the X's on the ground and you yeah. don't have to enter here exit here yeah it's all just free flowing and like everyone forgets no one's washing their hands anymore no one's using soap no one's mm. using hand sanitizer no one cares like <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah I don't know but um, but yeah, like everyone else, COVID and staying home and time to think, you know, mm. the people who are creative or have learned an instrument in the past that like they want to, um, get back into that and doing that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that same thing happened to me. It's like, all right, um, we're all mortal. Mm. Uh, let's do what we love doing. Yeah. And yeah. Forget the rest. Um, make enough money to live mm. and yeah let's get creative and let's let's play music yeah for sure how did your arm go with drumming it was fine oh. yeah I played with it broken or torn it was a partial tendon tear so it was okay but it didn't hurt that much it only hurt a 
hurt if I had to lift stuff mm. or like change the wheels on my car or something. Um, but I could still play, yeah. So um, I had started playing drums again around yeah twenty nineteen or early twenty or something like. Um, and and yeah, I could still play. Yeah. Still still playing. I was jamming with this guy for a while. Um, and yeah, it didn't bother me. And then even after the surgery, I, I could still play. Yeah. Cool. Probably wasn't allowed to, but I did it. Yeah. Mm. That was perfect. I had a really good surgeon. Did a great job. Strengthened the arm back playing the drums. have the scar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can do full chin-ups on the bar. So you, um... So you started playing drums again, did you say, in 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... <laughs> kind of gave it up in my 30s um i just got into a career and um a family uh i had played in like a cover band and backed up a few artists on the gold coast um sort of late 2000s mm. 2008 to 2000 i don't know 11 12 or something and then like yeah several years of um, enjoying my 30s without playing music um, and yeah but like it's interesting I've, I've done it before where it's because I tried to be a DJ oh yeah in my early 20s and so I stopped playing drums and then I was like eh DJing's cool but um, it has <laughs> DJing it was a dying thing. It was like, yeah, <clears throat> underground house. That's what I used to spin. And it, it was dying and raves were dying. And, you know, it's more in the clubs and stuff like mm. that. And it, it was also a tough scene to sort of break into. And, yeah, um, no doubt. you know, you had to pay your dues and, you know, you had to have sort of rank and seniority and stuff. But anyway, so I just lost interest and I was like, I'm going to play the drums again. Mm. And it, it takes a while for it to come back and it's interesting how you play and play you play more you play in multiple bands and stuff and it's such a good feeling when you start to get good again and get really yeah. comfortable um, and that's what's happening now again is like I feel very comfortable um, and I still feel like I have a long way to go yeah to get to get really good mm. um, and really consistent yeah do you, so yeah, yeah. Do you think um, like now, like when you got back into drums, do you feel differently about drumming than when you, like the previous time, like you played before you yeah. sort of gave it up? Yeah, yeah. Well, also like living on the Gold Coast, um, and even yeah, sort of Brisbane and stuff. Like, oh, there wasn't. I don't know. There just wasn't a lot. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't easy, and so I didn't want to make the effort you know yeah to be find a band be in a band start a band whatever um but um <clears throat> so that yeah i think that was me being lazy but there's there's much more of a scene now um uh what was the question <laughs> oh just you know about, oh right different yeah. yeah like having a kid and she's five now and um just life experience and stuff mm. um you know i've written like a bunch of like lyrics for songs ideas for songs if you know put down a few songs 
um, uh, approaching music and, and sort of being in a band. It's so different now, um, yeah, compared to before. Um, you know, I, I, when I was, um, after I got my, finished my undergrad at uni, uh, I started working and, um, but I also started playing the drums mm. and being in bands. And I was in like several bands over 20 different bands over a short period of time. And I'm like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to play music and that's it. I don't want to work, uh, a normal job, um, and, you know, you, you try to align yourself with people who are really good or you think they might make it and they also have ambitions and, you know, you think that, um, yeah, they're going to go all the way and stuff mm-hmm. and this, this music's really good, this guy's a good singer, we've got a good bass player, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. And it's like, every band you're in goes nowhere. <laughs> and it's, it's so hard to deal with. And, yeah, you... You know, so many people go through it, and mm. the persistent ones—they keep going and they play music because that's all they ever want to do. And and you know, good on them for that. With me, I was like, I don't want to haul my drums in my gear anymore. I don't want to yeah. set up and tear down. Uh, I want to be a little bit more comfortable. I want to make money. Mm. I have, you know, I'm educated. I have the ability to go out and get a good job. And you know, that kind of crept up on me again. And I was like, okay, let's go. Um, Let's go to Australia, 2008. Um, I was in a band at the time, a couple of bands. Um, they weren't, they were almost, they were sort of not at their peak, but more decline, more that they're sort of losing interest. Or, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I left Canada for Australia, did a postgraduate degree. And got my permanent residence and just started working and making money. And yeah, I, I played a little bit of drums, played in cover bands, um, did a little bit, but like more like it was career time, make money. Mm. But yeah, now it's like, fuck it. Let's have another go. Let's do it. Um, the odds are against me, but that's that's okay. Because I, I think I've realized now that uh, you just need to, you need to do what you're really, really good at. Yeah. And that you also love doing. And um, yeah, for me, that's, that's music. Yeah, for sure. The hard part is dealing with people. <laughs> Other people. You're not but, wrong. You're not but wrong. if you're doing something you really like, you can put up with it, you, you know. But it's more like when you have to deal with people and you're in a job or something that you're not really interested or doesn't do it for you anymore. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think, um, like, you're right. And I think if anything last year can teach us is that things can change very quickly. And um, if you, you know, if you were to die tomorrow, you're better off saying you you died doing something that you you were enjoying and what you loved. And just having that in your life as opposed to giving it all up right <clears throat> yep so true yeah yeah, yeah. I really want to ask you because you've obviously you know so you're, you're born in Israel yes and Jerusalem then, Jerusalem there you go yep and you moved to Canada yeah 1980 how old were you when you moved to Canada one and a half 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, I had to move because there was a job waiting for me in Canada. So yeah, baby modeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, machine baby model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> so, like, obviously, yeah. like, growing up in Canada and getting into music in Canada, what what did you find? Actually, straight up, like, what was the what would you say the biggest differences are in the scene in Canada versus Australia? Like that you've seen. Um. Yeah. I can't speak for the all of Canada or all of Australia, but... Just half of Canada. I mean, like, because I lived... Yeah. I lived on the West Coast for a while. I lived... Mostly my, my band and music experiences in, is in Toronto. which is a huge multicultural, multi-ethnic city. Um, so you were exposed to every genre of music, mm. anything you want. And I played in every kind of band. Um... I played in a country band, I played in a punk band, I played in a ska band, I played in a, you know, I want to say metal, but probably not that. Um, yeah, hard rock covers, um, piano par- power pop band, a more of electro synth yeah. band, a straight up grunge alt band. Um, so you can get whatever you want. You can go out and see whatever you want, whenever mm-hmm. you want. Big bands will come and play. But yeah, local bands and stuff. Um, yeah, here, um, uh, yeah, it's like we said before in Melbourne, you can probably get um, those different genres and stuff. But I think in the smaller cities, uh, you ugh, there's a lot of metal. There's <laughs> and every every subgenre of metal too, um, which I don't understand at all. But there's there's it's alive and well. It's like, yeah. that's probably, that's probably the biggest difference, I would say. It's like in Canada, I did not experience, uh, like metal was dead. Mm. There's no metal. No one plays metal. Here, everyone is a metal band. It's like every ad you see in Gumtree, I need a drummer <laughs> for metal. You have to be able to play metal. I want you to be able to play fucking, you know, 64th notes um, at 200 BPMs on double kick. Um, that's what we need. Can you do that? Um. Th- yeah, I don't know. Are are they making money? Are they, are they getting big? Are they where are they playing? Where are the metal bands playing to to? I don't know. Well, now that you know, Crowbar's gone in Brisbane, uh, maybe the bright side. But like, um, like like touring and like worldwide and yeah. stuff. Like, like, do they have to go to Russia? Like, or where? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Now the metal scene does seem pretty big in Brisbane. Um. Yeah, Brisbane like, and Goldie, it's, yeah. The Goldies a pretty small scene. I mean, from when I so I moved away from the Gold Coast in um, twenty fourteen, and back then, I could only think of one venue outside of like there was the Loft in Chevron, which wasn't really a venue; it was right. a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, Sound Lounge in um in um, Cooley. Oh no, where is it? Somewhere around there. But yeah, now there's like you've got Moe's, you've got Vinny's Dive. Um, yeah. And I think the um, the venue at what, Miami, that would really change things for the scene, I think. Um, Marquetta? Miami yeah. Marquetta. How they had the big stage there, but then yeah. that obviously got got ruined by uh, the landlords or whoever. But um, yeah, it's a small but growing scene, I, I think, the Goldie. And 
Yeah. I think Brisbane's growing too, and I think especially after, like, with last year, us being pretty lucky with COVID, I think it's given um, probably people a lot more time to, to do music, and I think probably why Brisbane artists, you know... Yeah. I feel like the scene definitely grew, and, you know, more venues opened last year, even though the... Yeah. It was crazy, like, the fact yeah, that we were opening weird. venues it's in a paradox. pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. Um Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting scene. I think it's it's definitely building in versatility, like in, in terms of genres and stuff. Um, definitely a lot more than when I started, and that's only right. You know, five six years ago, um, when I played my first shitty cover gig. <laughs> so it's changed a lot. But um, not really good source of information on the Aussie music scene. It's yeah, I'm very limited in what I've sort of observed, um, and I'm not I'm not. Nothing against metal, but nothing. Yeah. Against. Okay. Yeah, Anyone I'm gonna this. Yeah. I fucking love metal. I'm doing the devil horns right now. Yeah. Um. Machine hates metal. Machine. Of, uh, <laughs> no. This podcast sponsored by Super Trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Super Trooper. Um. Yeah, people I've talked to, they're like, you know, the only bands that come out of Australia are like they that that. You know the biggest sort of genres are folk and pub rock, like yeah, that's you know, and folk is more like country, but it's Aussie. Yeah, country. Even then, I'm not sure. I, I would I say, know. I would say, I think pop music in Australia is getting bigger and bigger. Like mm. you know, Tones and I was had the biggest song last year, or whenever it was. It's all blur. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Last year is just blended into everything else. Um, there seems to be a big electronic. Yeah, that's definitely getting a lot scene, into a lot now. of that like, electro dance, yeah. um, stuff like that. Like I was into the presets, um, for a while, mm. whatever, whenever it was, ten years ago, or yeah, um, they were cool. They had like a, it, it was like, it, yeah, it wasn't just. Yeah, sort of bubbly, poppy dance music. It was like it had an edge, and it was dark, and it was heavy, and it was like, you know, it was like, um, it was like metal. Yeah, yeah, it was heavy metal. Yeah, uh, electronic music. Yeah, electronic metal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, were, no, for great. sure. And that was, yeah, they were different, which which made them so good, and why they stood out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you about, because you've, as you said before, you've played in so many different bands, so lots of different genres. Do you approach playing, like, do you approach every band the same way? Like, or do no. you, oh, perfect, how do you approach them? So when you're dealing with different genres and different people, like, what's your, what's your go? Um, well, musically, uh, you, you, you know, you play for the song, mm. um, I just because I've listened to so many different types of music and stuff I kind of just intuitively know how to play along um, mm. with most sort of genres yeah. you know you don't you don't overplay when it's uh, blues or country or you know pop music or whatever and um, yeah you play a bit more when it's um, more rock and stuff yeah I'm I've kind of like this last little journey into into drumming which hopefully will not stop 
mm. until I'm dead um, has got me sort of narrowing my focus and trying to find my own style and play yeah. the music I want to play, the drums I want to play. And I'm, mm. I'm anybody I play with, I kind of tell them right away, like, don't tell me what to play. <laughs> I said, like, don't even suggest it. Um, if you do, if you want, if you want to tell me what you think should be on this song or what you think I should play, I'm not going to be happy and I'm not going to be sitting here for much longer. So it's like, and so what comes out is what I want to play is what I want to do and what I think is, you know, best for the song and whatever. And if the other person doesn't agree with it, then they can make the decision. Okay. You're not for me. Yeah. But I'm trying to play what it is to just trust myself mm. and also be able to play what I want to play because ultimately if you're not playing if it's not you coming out on your instrument then you you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Especially if you have to play it every night or over. Yeah, night for sure. Um So yeah, so what I'm trying to do is more um less just trying to because I can, I can be a chameleon. Yeah, you know, it, it, but less trying to play in every band, and oh, you know, this band needs a drummer or whatever. But is being able to be selective and filter them out and be like, okay, yeah, that, that's not me. That I can't. I don't want to play that. Yeah, for sure. Even though they need a drummer, because so many people need drummers, and I have this thing. It's yeah. like, oh, you need a drummer. I'm a drummer. I've got time. Let's do it. I'll play. But um. Being more careful with my time and my energy yeah. and stuff, um, I think that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, for sure. I took a question somewhere else. No, no, it was, it's it really was going, but. no, no. But that, that's it's really interesting what you say. Do you then, um, like, with your band members, do you approach their playing the same way, like, or is it more like if it's your project? Because I know you mentioned that you're writing lyrics and stuff um, for your project. That's for your. Project I'm not. No, or? not for the thing I'm doing now. I mean, I've just written lyrics in general. I haven't presented them in any way or tried to put them into this band mm. that I'm I'm forming. Um, it's more for like I have in my mind, which I haven't really had a lot of time for, but it's more of a solo project, a solo thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Whether it's called Machine or something else, I don't know. But and it's when I when I like when I sing or come up with melodies, harmonies. Um, I don't think I'm a great singer, but when I come up with that stuff, it's it's far less rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not dirty. It's very clean. It's um, it's very touchy feely pop stuff, and so it wouldn't it wouldn't fly with yeah. Machine pop. I like it. It's the, a new <laughs> yeah. It's like that. The stuff that I'm thinking and and about writing and stuff and lyrically. Is totally different to the way I play drums. Yeah. I play drums like hard and heavy and mm. fast and Yeah. Yeah. So then tying it back I suppose to like with what I asked before. So then with this stuff, um, do you just sort of let the bandmates do their thing as well? Right. And yes. whatever it's it's part of the, the magic or when I talk or when I when I like give a suggestion or something when we're jamming or when a song or a riff is presented to me. It's more like, 
um, let's play that part there or repeat it this many times yeah. or it's more of an arrangement thing building the arrangement then yeah then don't play that sort of thing or play it differently yeah yeah no, I, I never would do that to yeah another member of the band and um yeah because I don't want anyone doing that to me yeah and I think it's part of the magic of music like in all honesty I think when when you bring <clears throat> other musicians in everyone's got a different background different styles different <clears throat> influences and when you bring these things together it can make something that's where it's unique that's that sort of creates magic in in music I think with bands is everyone has their own style and when it clicks yeah it, it just is something unique and it's something special yeah I agree 100% it's very cool and I'm, I've been very lucky like uh, April 1st I met this guy Matt um, shout out Matt yeah <laughs> <laughs> I won't say his last name he's a very private person um, uh, Matt comes from a metal background um, and he he saw me playing on Facebook uh, a live drum fade so I had a vid- mm. video of me playing drums where I go really really quiet mm. fade out and then fade back in nice um, and he's like that's cool I want to play with that guy so he um, because the band he was in was sort of falling apart so he's looking for something else and yeah um, we chatted a bit you know through messages and turns out we we're on the same page <coughs> we we both like helmet so we're like okay let's learn unsung by helmet um, and do that cover together um, and we like the idea of space in mm. music so a lot of gaps and not really overplaying um, because the um, you know the magic is in is in the pauses mm. See, well, I felt see what it. I did there? I, I felt it. Right. Oof. It's when you stop. Yeah. And then it comes back in. <laughs> Brought to you that by was a bit, Super Trooper. That was a bit too early, um, Jordan. Oh, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, so anyway, we go. We, we get together. We have our first jam. He brings a few riffs. We we just start playing together, and it's, it's tight. It sounds good. We almost know where each other is going with the song whether we're going to stop or continue or go in a different direction or whatever it was just this sort of you know we had ESPN going on yeah that's my dry sense of humor (laughs) it's ESP but when I say ESPN it's funny (laughs) um it's more of an American joke actually because ESPN was a you know Good cable network. Yeah, sports. it's not even big here. Yeah. <laughs> so people won't get it. Um, where were we? Okay, anyway. <laughs> our first jam, and I recorded it too. I had this cool new microphone, this condenser mic connects to my iPhone. It makes, you know, it's able to record super loud sounds because it's got a compressor limiter in it yeah. and everything. It's, um, so I recorded it and then I decided to post it on Facebook. I'm like, this is good. We've got something here. And it got a good reaction. People liked it. They're like, yeah, let's hear more of that. And so I posted it in all these groups that I joined, these musician groups. And it was like, hey, we're looking for a bass player now. Who wants to play mm. bass? You know, 10 people raised their hand. I'll play bass. There's a lot of bassists in Queensland. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went through bass auditions and um, the 
the guy who, Nick, who's in our band now, was actually supposed to be at that very first jam that we had oh, on yeah. April 1st. Um, I can't remember why I couldn't make it. It was either COVID or something else, but... He never made that first jam, and then, um, you know, yeah, Matt and I continued, and we, you know, came up with more songs, and I posted that, and then we just got, it was just getting good sort of feedback, you know? Mm. How did I get on this tangent of talking about, oh, right, when you get the right people together, right? Yeah. So then, okay, Matt's around my age, um, you know, 40 or something, I'm 42 now, just had my birthday. The meaning of what? Nick's 23 or 24, right? But it's like, it doesn't matter. He can fucking play. Yeah. Play the shit out of his bass. And he's good. He plays like a, like he's been playing for decades. Yeah. Um, and we all get along. We have we have thick skin so we can, you know, we can fuck with each other. other. Yeah. No one's crying because you made fun of them because they know that you mean, yeah. you mean well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So we have that kind of thing going on, yeah. as well as the music. We we read each other well. We kind of we have the same ideas, you know. We we're like this. Sound wise, we're sort of a mix of Tool, Helmet, and Faith No More. Yeah, awesome. And but it's like we always limit ourselves, or we find okay, we don't want to be too prog. Yeah. So like Nick will say that, and he like hold us back from going. Okay, let's not. Yes, you're right. We don't want to sound too much like that or too prog. Mm. Or like, you know, metal. We might be getting too close to metal and pull it back a little bit. And so, um, yeah, there's that sensibility. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's the only thing holding us back now, and which has been very difficult, is the vocals. Mm. Is finding a front person who can um, sing really, really well and who has good stage presence, you know. Because we're all performers, yeah. We get right into what we're playing, mm. um, and yeah, the front person is the most important person to to get into it and to sell it. Yeah. Um. So. We've got three more people interested who you know they're kind of lined up to come in and, and play with us, and um, we still don't have a name yet, uh, but, yeah. If those three don't work out, I think we're just going to continue as a three-piece and Matt is going to do um, double duties, play guitar and sing. Yeah, you yeah. got this, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you got it. <laughs> mm. So, no, it's really interesting. And it's good to hear that like you've got your core. I think when you've got the core, yeah, there'll be singers. There's plenty of singers around too. I right. think you just got to find the right one. It's just had so much momentum. And it, like mm. this last week or so, it's... It's slowed down, and it's like it's stopped, and it's, you know, you're, I don't know. Like, there's a small percentage of you, you're kind of tempted to, to give, it, give up or whatever, throw in the towel mm. or whatever, look for something else, I don't know. But you you have to remember, no, 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 it's still early days. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, there is some magic there. There's, there's something good here. People want, yeah. to, want to hear it, and they want to, like... Okay, we said Facebook is a bunch of bullshit and people aren't themselves and whatever. But I, yeah. I, you know, you get comments that you feel are genuine. Yeah. I had a comment from a guy and it's like, um, dude, you're my favorite drummer right now and I can't wait to see you play live. Mm. Um, 
and that's what that's why I'm I'm not just doing music for me I'm doing music for other people I'm doing, yeah. there's an audience and I'm always aware of that mm. you're playing for them you're playing for someone else yeah. you're playing music so other people can hear it yeah right um, so yeah you keep that in mind and you, you yeah you're like no 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 um, we'll keep going Some something will happen it's fine it's fine yeah. brave the storm <laughs> um, yeah and I think if there's one thing about music and I'm sure you would agree given how much how you're experiencing it is it's a fucking roller coaster of emotions and ups and downs and highs and lows yeah. it's just yeah. it's never if, if it's if there's one consistent thing with music is that it's never consistent it's just up sure. and down it's a funny thing though because a band is a funny thing because each individual member wants to get somewhere as an individual yeah you know you want people looking at you and saying you're good yeah. you know what I mean but you can't you can't get to any you can't get anywhere without being with playing with other people and playing in a band yeah but which band is it gonna be mm. um so it's like yeah you have this this loyalty to the people you're playing with and you want to push it and get it to a certain level but at the same time you are pursuing it's it is an individual pursuit that you are yeah. you know you're trying to get your name out there as a musician mm. um it's uh yeah it's weird but anyway that's ego i think yeah oh i think it's, it's there's healthy ego there's yeah. unhealthy ego and i think it's like i think it's important though and i think i think the worst thing you can do in music is be too loyal to something and and in turn not you know for for instance if you're in a band um and the band is recording or you know or they're not doing enough not just saying okay I'm just going to wait and wait for something to happen I think there's a point in time where you need to say well I need to make things happen for myself I really want to succeed in music so I need to pursue it and I need to make it happen sure yeah. Whether that's ego or just being driven, I don't know. Probably a bit of both. Yeah. But I think you need to have you need to have that drive in yourself, and I think you, I think as well with a band, that's one of the hardest parts. I think with a band is if everyone, if you know, someone's motivated to succeed, and someone just wants this as a once a week hobby with the occasional. Gig, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's finding that that balance too. That's yeah. that's a really hard part. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's got to believe you can you can get there. I think as well. Like if, if where you want to get to, or whatever level it is, wherever you want to go with music, I think everyone needs to be on the same page to, to drive it. Sure. Yep. Yep. Has has music so you like from your early bands like because obviously you've played music for what thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty one. Yeah. So ha- how old were you when you joined your first band? Fourteen. Huh. Yeah. Maybe 13. Well, the first time I, I played with someone, it was Elliot Bernstein. He played um, bass. I played drums. We met each other like in primary school. We played at our grade 8 graduation. Mm-hmm. So we would have been 12 or 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Chili Peppers. Like, nice. we, played the, we played like Taste the Pain or Stone Cold Bush from Mother's Milk. Um and yeah so that's probably the first guy I played with and then from there I played um, 
in a band called Euthanasia. And it was with uh, some other Jewish guys who I met through friends of friends or something. And yeah, we lived in sort of the same suburb or area. Um, and we were actually pretty lucky because we lived in Toronto and there were plenty of all ages venues we could play. There were Battle of the Bands and stuff where we played at a community center. Um, we played at, you know, clubs in Toronto, like places where, where established bands would play. Mm-hmm. So you got to get experience yeah. playing on a real stage, mic'd up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, we'd have to dig up those, those VHS tapes <laughs> one day and watch the stuff. Um, I've got tapes of our band rehearsals in my bedroom in my parents house you know yeah nice um green day and nirvana and offspring and um pumpkins and stuff you know all that stuff we would cover and and then we had originals as well um yeah so that was the first time because i started playing drums when i was 11 Mm -hmm. and so yeah 14 i'm in a band for i guess yeah, a few years. Many years, actually. I guess because when I was 19, that's when I went to uni. Mm. And I moved away from Toronto. And then that's when I discovered DJing. I became a mm. DJ, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so five years, I guess, of playing yeah. music in bands as a teenager. So what's yeah. the... So obviously we're in... <laughs> you know, life has changed so much nowadays with the internet and everything and you know cds aren't in anymore no <laughs> vinyls outsell cds again so yeah. what is it like even just being a part of the scene back then i can growing up and then you know as a dj even like what like what, how much has music changed as a as like a core compared to now when you go and you're pursuing it again all these years later hasn't changed at all Especially rock music, especially like live music, acoustic drums, guitar, bass, nothing's mm. changed. No. Like rock and roll is rock and roll. I was listening yeah. to what arguably could be the first ever rock and roll record only, I don't know, last week or something. Um, Ike, Ike Turner was singing. Uh, I found it because Scotty Parsons, who I played with in a band, um, he plays bass but he also plays guitar now in a band called Evil Twin he posted something like because he went to the US or whatever and he had a picture of of um, this plaque at a museum and it said uh, this could be considered the first ever um, you know rock and roll record yeah. whatever from 1950 or 51 or something mm. so I looked it up and you could listen to it on Apple Music so I'm like I'm going to yeah. listen to this it's fucking good. Yeah. And it's like nothing's changed. Yeah. It's 70 years on. Yeah. And it's still like I was hearing stuff that we still do now. Yeah. You know, like it it the the rhythms, you know, the the yells and stuff, everything about it. Mm. Um you know, the guitar, the solos, the bass, like it was crazy. It's like, no, nothing's changed in rock. Yeah. <laughs> We're still doing it. 
and that's what's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why, like, it's... I mean, I think that's why, like, with especially when you're dealing with music that's, you know, instrument-based. Um, yeah. That's why it's so timeless, right? That's why it's so great. Like, I just look at, like, you know, even, like, you know, folk music and stuff as the same shit it was yeah, back when sure. Woody Guthrie and guys like that were doing it. Like, it yeah. hasn't changed all that much. Right. Um, I don't like seeing rock bands or bands that start out as, as rock bands and playing really organic instruments and stuff. I don't, I don't like seeing them trying to make it by changing their sound and making it more poppy and more yeah, um, I don't like trying to please yeah. people or thinking that it has to sound this and like this in order mm. to make it and to get bigger. Sign with a big label, release a very commercial album. That's completely different. But, you know, but I think, just, you know, you can happen organically and I think you can happen forcibly. I think Kings of Leon, not to... I love yeah, that. no, yeah. I was thinking uh, of them yeah. as well when we were yeah, talking not, about not this. Yeah, not to start a, a, a podcast feud with Kings of Leon. But, yeah, it's like their stuff, that, that uh, whatever the album is, the, the album, uh, that was very, that their commercial hit. That was so different. Sex on Fire? Yeah, whatever the yeah. album was called. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. But for me, like, you know, that that album felt very forcibly different. And That's interesting. Because now, though, you listen back and you're like, this, there's nothing, this is, this sounds like rock. This sounds good. This is organic sort of rock. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it depends at what point you get into a band. Yeah, I think Sometimes that was that my happens. first impression of them, and I was like, mm, "This is a, I don't I, that I think it was mainly the Sex on Fire song that I mm. really that I it was overplayed, and I just I couldn't get into it. And then a few years later, someone's like, "Oh, do you like Kings of Leon?" I was like, "Nah," and it's like, "Oh, just give yeah. these give these albums a go." Hands me the CDs. I'm like, "Oh, whatever," and I was like, "Fuck, this is good music." Um, your impression of a band can change and obviously their popularity can change your opinion of them. Yeah. You know, well, I'd, I'd never much... even heard of them until that, that song. Sure. And, um, sure. yeah, I just wasn't a fan. Um, yeah. But yeah, now I'm a big fan of the bulk of their stuff. So, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, certain, you I know. just, uh, I, I really, yeah. I mean, what appeals to me a lot or what makes me, excited about a band is when their image matches their music yeah like when they're being uh presumably real yeah and honest to themselves Mm. seeing like a band with an image where they're like really rebels and stuff but they're they're playing sappy pop music so it doesn't match yeah or the you know, or the other way around. Mm. You know, you're really clean cut and stuff, and but you're fucking playing metal. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it has to it has to sort of match up. The attitude has to match the the music. Yeah. Um, you know, it goes back to like seeing music clips, um, music videos, and they're sort of faking it when they're playing. Because you know they're not playing like they're faking on the guitar or whatever, but. Or like the drummer is playing a real drum kit, but mm. you know those aren't real drums. They're yeah. like they're programmed, or they're it's just a synth. Or yeah. it's like why are yeah. you pretending? There's no hi hat in this song, but you're hitting it. 
That kind of thing. That yeah. really bothers me. Well, hey, um, Ben Machine. Thank ben you Machine, so- yeah. Ben Machine, Mac, yeah? Nah. <laughs> yeah, just call him, call him Mr. Hine. <laughs> well, no, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a really, really great chat to, you know, get, I suppose, someone who's obviously experienced different scenes and different times and everything all rolled into one and hear a bit about your journey and who you are um yep cool big question for you what is um what is something or or someone that you're you're really grateful for in your life this is where (laughs) you're getting deep this is the deep jesus christ and you can only choose one thing no i'm just fucking with you (laughs) well the first person who came to mind was my wife Good answer. <laughs> I'm not saying that because, yeah, cause I feel like I should say it. Um, but yeah, when you ask the question, that's who came to mind. Because when you share a life with someone, uh, you know, you have to consider them. And mm. you can't just do whatever you want, even though generally I am pretty selfish and I will do what I want. But she's been very good at. I wouldn't, well, sure, very good at supporting me, mm. um, or at least tolerating my, um, my ambitions and my, um, my wants and what, mm. the things that fuel my soul and keep me from spiraling into a deep, dark depression. Um, so yeah, mm. that's who 